Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John and the Wreck podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Henry. I'm Robert. I'm Warren. I'm Andrew. And tonight, we have got a very special <laughs> guest, our good buddy from DJE Sound and Lighting and Hempstring Orchestra, Mr. Ted Tesriero. Teddy T, what up, no? Welcome. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah. Psyched to be here. So this week uh we went into uh DJ E Sound and Lighting in uh uh Foothill Ranch, California, and we recorded a set um which was it was amazing, man. It was like six what, six mm-hmm. cameras? And full audio, and uh, everybody was remaining socially distant and wearing masks and on the on the crew and everything, and uh, it turned out phenomenal. And uh, yeah, thank you for for great. having us for that, man. It was that was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. You guys sounded great. Can't wait to hear the full set. Yeah. What, Sunday night. This Sunday night. Yeah. Music. And we were uh, we were filming it for um, a live stream music fest uh, that uh, the OC Music Fest that Ted's been running for how many years now? Oh boy, it's been twelve years wow. with the OC Music Festival. It took a few years off in between, but um, we brought it back with the with the vengeance in uh, 18, 2018. Mm-hmm. So last year was our second year back after a few years of being absent. And we got to play last year's fest, uh, which was just a blast, man, up at uh, uh, Irvine, Irvine Lake area. Yeah. And uh, was was just a beautiful day when we played. And, and uh, that festival is happening this coming weekend, uh, the 20, what is it, the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th, uh, Friday through Monday. Um, and it has been, uh, renamed for this, uh, live stream broadcast, the so over COVID <laughs> live stream music fest, which is we, awesome. We managed to keep the OC. Yes. Everyone's always thought it stood for Orange County and it stands for overnight camping. That's what we've been doing for years. <laughs> Taking a bunch of people out camping and, uh, doing music fest. So it just kind of made sense to keep it the, the OC. The over-COVID thing. I think we're all just about over-COVID, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Right. absolutely. Ready to go back to normal? Yes. Whatever that looks like. The new so it means, it means overnight camping. Yeah, it's always meant overnight camping. I don't think people, I ever knew that. Yeah, I've let the OC thing go. <laughs> Some people call it wow. fast. I've, I just kind of, you know, chuckle under my breath about it. <laughs> I like it. It's, wow. it's been a really cool... It's been cool. We really played with it on all the artwork too. We've always had like really cool camping setups. And yeah, it makes a lot more sense now. OC with o- overnight camping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so yeah, last, last year was a blast for sure. You had like pretty much all the top-notch bands in Orange and County, and uh, we had a uh, Lavero sit in for like what was it, like two or three songs. Yeah, it was like the John Lavero from the Higgs for anybody. We played like two songs and then John sat in for like the rest of the set. Yeah, it was I mean, super awesome. It was only like two <laughs> songs, but it was like 20 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> right. Can you start singing at some point too? 
Because yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe yeah, has yeah, covered the Cold mic. Night in the Higgs before. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to the Higgs. If you guys haven't heard of the Higgs, go check their music out. They're also playing at this uh, online festival this weekend. Yeah, well, that I, I uh, took that clip from last year's performance with John Lavaro on the guitar, and that we're going to play that at the fest on Saturday afternoon as we do a look back to a lot of the bands that played last year. We've got a lot of, like like new stuff that we've recorded here in the last couple of weeks in our, in our, uh, you know, soundstage that Steve described. And, um, we're doing a lot of like 2019 footage, a little bit of 2018, but I, I gravitated towards that. Um, those couple of tunes with John Lavaro on guitar. That was really great. Having you, you and him going back and forth. On <laughs> yeah. It was Rock. a lot of fun. You and Henry going back and forth on Lex. It was really good. Really cool. What song was that? I'm, that's, I'm trying to think of what that song was. It was a tightrope and cold night. Yeah. 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 I think we did a couple instrumentals too. We did like, Cannonball we actually did time two. Too, yeah. Did we do all the instrumentals? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. It was the funniest set. We were just like, <laughs> well, the jam people are going to get what the jam people want. <laughs> We played all of our instrumental <laughs> songs. We brought John Lovero up, and we just sort of, you know, I think we played like four songs in an hour or <laughs> yeah, something. Right. I don't think I was even hoarse after the show. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I remember being like, oh, I can still sing another set. That's, that's weird. <laughs> well, ever since the beginning of the OC Music Festival in 2008, we've always left room during the, during the day at the festival for like jams, for like people to get together and you know, we pull drummers and everybody, and some sometimes that can be monotonous. You know, like playing one key, but because all of us kind of know a lot of songs in the jam band community, yeah. it kind of works out pretty good. The jams have been smoking mm-hmm. hot over the years. Yeah, I remember That's last awesome. year sitting in with uh, it was me and some of the uh, I think it was a couple of the guys from <coughs> from Hempstring Orchestra, and then Jared Delaney, and that that whole jam set was just so fun, man. Yeah. And just getting to oh, play yeah. with people that, do that you don't course. always get to share the stage with because you're always playing different places on the same night. Yeah, it really, really neat. cool. Those are some of my favorite sets at the fest, are mm-hmm. just those ones where anything can happen. What do you play? What, what are we playing? I don't know. Start off with percussion. Let's go. <laughs> oh, it's so <laughs> fun, man. It's so, an uh, E. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we playing? A. <laughs> Great. There was a guy on the on Dead Tours, like, when I was a young kid, I was, like, 17, 18 years old, going, you know, sneaking around at Dead Shows, not telling my parents about him, and this guy's name was Timber, and he used to be in the parking lot of Dead Shows, and you could always tell him he looked like Sideshow Bob, you know, this giant <laughs> Rastafarian thing, and his name was Timber, and he, he went around with the guitar, and any jam circle he got in, he'd just be like, just play an E, man, it's just yeah. E. <laughs> and you could go on for like 20, 30 minutes and E and it would sound really good. Different people would come in and start playing an E. <laughs> people would say, What are you what what are you guys doing? He's like, in E, it's an E. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Shout out to Timber, wherever he is. <laughs> still jamming E. That yeah, jam's still gone. <laughs> He's somewhere out there on the road jamming an E. <laughs> <laughs> Legend has it. <laughs> Timber! <laughs> if you say timber three times in the mirror with the candle lit, he shows an E up. power chord will miraculously an e, be played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, that's great. I, What's I, everybody I, drinking? I've got a, uh, a 
it used to be full, but now it's just a uh, like one third cup of vodka. And I have some. You're gonna go see music fest. Um, oh, Ted, <laughs> we have to go in a row, man. You're switching up the. <laughs> I'm going. Thing. Yeah. Oh. Nice. Pacifico. Last one. We found that that's the favorite beer in Robert John the Wreck, or the favorite Mexican bottle. beer. The favorite beer in, in a bottle. bottle. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. In a bottle. It's smooth. It works great. What are you drinking, Henry? I got a uh, a Trumer Pills. Ooh. Ooh. Um, nice. Everybody in the band knows wow. that I love Ooh. me some Pilsner beers, and uh, and it kills me a, every time you say. <laughs> it's a particularly good one. Uh, it's from uh, Berkeley, California. Nice. Trumer, uh, very good, very very good Pilsner. Uh, sparkling water or something. Nope it is a it is a Pilsner beer. The uh, the liquor store down the street uh, is like pretty much made just for me. They have like eight different Pilsners that I all love. So I just pick a different one every week when I go over there to grab beer. You only nice. grab beer once a week? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's exactly how often I get it. Drinks it. <laughs> me too, me too. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And Henry and I got down on some White Claws yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've been on a White Claw kick here and there. <laughs> Bobby, what you got, man? Uh, no surprise, drinking a docent. It's Ooh, called Gimme. Oh. It's delicious. There you go. It's uh, always in my fridge. Um, I mean, it wasn't because I ran out, but I got more today. So, you get the uh, docent delivery? No, I, I had to go down there and get it myself. Nice. That's a great place. I love that place. Yeah, Me too. And I love their beer. And Gimme is one of my favorites right now because that's what they have. But my favorites are Retreat. They don't have it anymore. Um, but it's okay. So, do you, live, do you live near there? I live in Laguna Beach and Dosen's in San Juan, so it's a lot closer than me going to another brewery. Mm-hmm. That is pretty close. Um, yeah, it's closer to, than Steve's is from my house. Yeah, but they deliver to Costa Mesa, man. I need to put in another delivery order. Yeah, I mean, when you do, I, I should put in a delivery. Thing. They also delivered to Huntington. I, I talked to Katie what? today, and she said she all went all the way up to Huntington. Nice. So, Henry? Oh, sweet. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew, Pasadena is a little out of the realm. <laughs> <laughs> they need to open one up there. They just yeah. lost themselves a the customer. Dostin would probably kick ass <laughs> up here, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Pasadena has its beer spots, so. Yeah. You they don't on. have a lot of breweries. I think Pasadena itself uh, limited the amount of breweries that can actually be in Pasadena. But um, I know Glendale has like a bunch of awesome ones, and they have a lot of awesome ones around here. So Dosen would like kick ass. Like they have Stone, and they have like um, like a BJ's, I guess. But they're really selective about who they let in. So mm. you guys yeah, probably wouldn't be good enough. <laughs> the old town pub yeah that's still there i went to see my friend's show there last year yeah i remember that place i can't believe it's still there i mean it's got to be at least you know 30 40 years old yeah it was that place and then in monrovia <clears throat> there was this place called the brass elephant that's called something different now and yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Pasadena used to have great live music, and now it's terrible. There is nowhere to see good live music in Pasadena. I mean, after COVID's done, there there might be, though, right? Or is that, like, before? Uh, even before. I mean, like, there's Kings Row and stuff like that, but not, like, yeah. original bands. 
Um, and they started doing better. They have this place called The Rose now, but they play like big cover bands. They like, that's where Yachtly Crew plays. Oh yeah, and that's where yeah. uh, Yachtly Crew. Like, it's only Canyon Club band, so it's like, um, what's that band called? Flashpants. Uh, Flash yeah, Flash. but those guys are cool, man. The original bands. Um, what's the band that did Mirror in the Bathroom? The English Beat played there. Oh yeah, um, Dave Weekly. And then, like, they'll have some, like, Rat or someone played there. Like, one of the, like, hair metal bands. So they have weird stuff come through. It's Mm. not, like, local, you know, live music finding its footing. Right. I do like King's Row, though. That That place is really fun. Yeah, they have fun spots to hang out and do stuff. Um just not a lot of live music spots. Yeah. yeah, I can't I can't even tell you the last time I went to Pasadena to go see live music that like you or Steve weren't playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've never been like, "Oh, Pasadena has a great band playing tonight." Mm-hmm. I went I went they to do. A couple, like, there's great bands there. there. They're just all cover bands. Like I think everyone figured yeah. out that they're not into seeing original bands there. Yeah. And that's to be said like if we'd played there, we'd probably kick ass. But, you know, People have to get out of the mindset that like, oh, we need covers at the bar. People are just gonna leave. Yeah, I think yeah. they just hire shitty bands. Yeah, oh, we went up there kind of recently, and uh, there was a lot of like gastro pub vibes in that downtown Pasadena, like that old town area. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a lot of cool places to hang out. Definitely like the vibes there, you know, the old brick buildings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it still looks really cool. Warren, were we at you with the uh, drinks? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I am drinking uh, a Glen Livet. That's how you pronounce it, right? Yeah. yeah. Warren, what happened to you? I, uh, well, so my Did buddy's become me, a man. He ran out of Pacific. <laughs> my buddy <laughs> bought me this bottle. Shout out to Taylor Elam uh, for my thirtieth. I still hadn't opened it, and I was like, "Well, I guess now is a good time as any time to uh, to try it." So, uh, yeah, it's good. Dang. It's like, I'd say it's like sweet, very yeah. I mean, I like it. I, I drank it real slow. Put a couple ice cubes in here, but uh, I only yeah. ask that because you know you're not really a whiskey drinker I'm or not, a scotch drinker, but so. I do like it. So great, you know. Cheers, you. Taylor. That's awesome. Cheers. Man. Cheers. Cheers. Put a little bitters in there, or any uh, simple syrup. I don't. I don't have any bitters. Simple syrup. But we've been th- the guys have been talking about putting bitters in their water. You ever put yeah. bitters in your water? Supposed to help your like stomach. Yeah, it's yeah. really good for your stomach. And that's funny because I actually I feel like I have like stomach problems from time to time. So bitters should be something I have in my my stock. I went to this place, went to this place and I had flavors and I bought like little I don't know, they look like little bottles like this and I just went through them all, but they're pretty good. Cherry bitters and stuff. I was surprised I liked them. Yeah. That's all I do is put whiskey. <laughs> That's cool. Grab a couple drops and it really changes it, the flavor. Where did you get it? Uh, at Craft American Spirits. It's like a whiskey store in Rancho Santa Margarita. Oh, okay. In tequilas, they just feature like small batches. They they um, sell like liquor online mostly. It's kind of like a speakeasy. They have to have like a storefront to sell it. It's a friend of mine. So they do a really good online shipping business. But then they have this little place down there. You go down there and pick up bottles of these like 
killer whiskeys and tequilas. They have uh, gins and vodkas, but it's all just small batch. They they find places around the country they can kind of like buy the whole batch, and then they say just ship them to us and we'll take care of it. Nice, nice. So it's pretty cool. That's where I found them. They they have like unique <clears throat> stuff out there. Andrew, what do you got, man? I have a glass of wine. Ooh. Do you have plenty of heartache? Yes. Only if uh, we both do. What happened to the rest of the glass? <laughs> uh, no comment. So what kind of wine is it, Andrew? That's this the only, is, I'm it's, concerned. It's Kendall Jackson Pinot. Okay. And I made steak last night and opened a bottle. And half of the stuff was submarine, half of the stuff was steak. So I went in between with the Pinot. It's good. It's fine. It's drinking Pinot. It didn't change yep. my life. I put some ice cubes in this one, which is kind of sacrilegious, but cold during the summer is good. So, wine wine with ice is has become in recent years my favorite like post show drink. And I oh. learned it. I learned it from uh, from Robert's mom, Connie, when. Uh, <laughs> When I when I was living living with their family up in Cerritos for a number of years, and always makes me think of the uh, the Burson household when uh, when I drink wine with ice, yeah. fond memories. Yeah, my father always dropped an ice cube in red wine too, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people would say you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> we used to do, at at the uh, marine room after I'd get done with like my trio gigs, I would just get a full pint glass filled up with ice, and then just the whatever red blend they had. Just pour it, <laughs> pour it in there and just like help soothe the vocal cords and kind of it was refreshing. It helps soothe the vocal cords. That's yeah. what it does. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what I tried yesterday? I tried red wine and coffee because we thought it would be one of the most disgusting flavors ever. <laughs> and no, uh, I don't think so. Red wine and coffee. It sounds. It wasn't very good. <laughs> I mean, they do, they do red wine and like Coca-Cola. That's like a thing in Europe. Do they? What is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what's it called? Well, I don't know what it's called, but it's red wine and Coca-Cola. Well, I don't know. Red wine and coffee. It was a pretty weird, weird thing. We were going down this weird flavor, like flavors that you'd actually eat mixed together and something. Anyway, I thought it was relevant to the wine conversation, so yeah. I brought it in. <laughs> it was. I wonder if you did like wine and like a like Nesquik or something. Like you did like oh. a like a because like wine and chocolate go great together. You know, if you're talking about flavors that that mix. If you made, if you made a drink with with like powdered chocolate milk, not regular milk, because it might curdle. But what was the one that you posted about? It was like octopus and something else. Oh, uh, octopus and PB and J. That actually doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, yeah, it really? sounds a lot better than certain things I can think of. So again, so so the basis of the game was two foods that you would actually eat individually and putting them together. And we got to the basis of it's actually kind of hard. There's like a lot of stuff you're like, oh, that might actually be good, like octopus and BB and J. Would you really try that? I mean, I would. I, no. I, yeah, I would. I not would try, try that. Yeah, because I've had like. PB and J wings, right? And I don't imagine yeah. it's like much mm, different than that. Yeah. Oh god. Those are really good. Yeah, PB and J wings were amazing. Where did you get that? Yeah. 
The first so time I got it was in South Dakota, with, probably with Andrew and Steve. Yeah. Was that at the B-dubs up there? No, it was at no. That, that random bar we played at, that like that bar and grill where there was like hundreds of people at. <laughs> there was. <laughs> do you put oh, do you put yeah, the yeah, yeah. No, jelly no, no. on the wing yeah. or how does it or do you dip it? Yeah, it was, yeah. They're like in like wings and grape jelly already taste good. It's almost like yeah, because there's know, grape jelly barbecue and barbecue sauce, sauce or something. Yeah. And you really <laughs> taste the crispiness. It like it's almost like a Thai wing because of the peanut sauce. Right. Mixed with the sweetness. It was good. I I enjoyed it. Maybe we should try to think any. of the grossest thing to us. I think if you mixed mustard and mayonnaise, I would run away from you. But you just I think that's like the mayonnaise. grossest thing to me. Yeah. Really? Isn't that just yeah, like I don't like that crazy. Yeah, I, like, I feel like, like that's like every mayonnaise I can deal with, but mustard is like... Like egg I, salad. I really don't like it. There's no like like reason to use it. how to get rid of you, Andrew. We'll just cover ourselves in mayonnaise and mustard. Do you not like any <laughs> mustard? Or is it just like the yellow mustard? What'd you say, Steve? Do you not like any mustard? Or is it just like the yellow mustard? Because I've I like will try totally any mustard different. that's like a uh not yellow mustard. Yeah, like the German, yellow mustard is German just brown mustard. It's like, like a grape poupon. Yeah. Do you have any grape yeah. poupon? But usually, and I've tried like I don't know fifty different mustards as, we, as we've been on tour. Like yeah. I never don't try them, you know. And I've had the hot ones, and I've had the mm-hmm. like it almost doubles down because I don't really like horseradish. So all uh, hot mustards either. are usually made with horseradish. So yeah. like when I get the thing in my nose, like that wasabi, I'm kind of out. But uh, you know, I had some okay ones, but I've never like. I've never tried one and gone, oh, yeah, I need to eat this all the time now. Yeah. You know? And do you remember trying the um, Sierra Nevada mustard that we got at the brewery up there? Uh, I don't. Was it like a seedy one? No, like it, was, it, was, it was more on the sweeter yeah. side. I just remember having it on one of the tours we've been on, and we were all like, oh, this is great. I don't like mustard either, and I thought that one was good, but I don't put it on everything, obviously. But I have some of that in my refrigerator, two kinds of that Sierra Nevada. Yeah, yeah. I found it's it somewhere. If you're gonna have mustard, it's good. Yeah, they use. I don't like stout. mustard either. Yeah, the stout one's really good, man. Yeah, you just take take the well, salami, you know dip really it right in the jar. I think what's really gross, a lot of people like this, is uh, beer and tomato juice. That bloody beer. Ooh, oh, yeah, that's oh, good. Michelada, Michelada. I can do a, I can do a like a Bloody Mary, but I can't do that. Really? I ordered it one time. And it was like I can't do it either. Wow! I can taste it in my mouth. It's like drinking like ocean water. That's <laughs> yeah. what always reminds me of the Clamato and like wow. all that stuff. It's like, oh, why would you like this? Well, it's like salty with lime juice. gutter water. Well, I mean, with clam juice, right, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. There is clam juice in there. So I don't know. It's it's funny. I can do a Bloody Mary, but I can't do the Bloody Beer thing. I just it just kind I was of in like a about a year and a half ago, and I had like a like an actual, like legit michelada. And it was like amazing, super delicious. It has to be the time and place for me to even drink a, uh, a Bloody Mary. Right. Tomato juice just has to be the thing that I forget about for a while, and then can go back. <laughs> oh, I can't do tomato juice. Nope. Bloody Marys really? have always been my airport drink. I feel like that's one of the only places that I ever get them. Yeah. 
Place. I feel it. I relate to that. Yeah. And I feel like the worst Bloody Marys are at their point. <laughs> no, you just get you get an extra shot on the side, and then you pour it in, and then it's and then it's good. Uh-huh. My friend Connie, she makes the best mar- or, uh, Bloody Marys ever, and she's at that camp out, and she's always she's kind of a loud, boisterous person, you know. And uh, she just you just hear you know whipping them up and come on, hey everybody, come get your fucking margaritas. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, she makes them by the pitcher. That's why I usually have at least once a year. That's awesome. That's what you think. Why Why do we need Clamato and margaritas and pitchers exist? Yeah. There's no reason. All we need is margaritas. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> loves margaritas. All we need to be is wasting away in Margaritaville. <laughs> Amen. If only. Are hey, we doing hey, that We, right we now? need to get wild on tequila, guys. I don't think they're on quarantine in Margaritaville. Let <laughs> me see one more sticker of salt. They got Jimmy Jimmy Buffett on lockdown. Put them. The pitcher never empties. Yeah. There's always bottomless fries. Just his head is sticking out. By the way, well, at least some people claim that there's a woman to blame. I know it's my own damn fault. I've never. It's my own damn fault. Do 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 do. Uh. Henry, let's listen to some music. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to talk about a great, amazing, legendary, very cool. Uh, and More adjectives. I think, uh, I, think, I think in some circles, they are not as well-known as they should be. I think um, a lot of guitar players know this band, and this is probably one of the more popular bands I've done Henry's history lesson on, but I want to talk about the hard rock band Mountain today. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, I think uh, I think they're one of those bands that a lot of people know, but but they are forgotten about a lot. And um, I was reminded by our buddy uh, Jerry James Nichols, because his hero basically is Leslie West. And I just sort of like on a whim went and checked out some of their stuff. And I was like, man, this is like, this is good shit. This is really, really good. Like I really enjoy this. There's a lot of unique things here that hit all the right spots for that great, uh, you know, early seventies bluesy hard rock stuff. And so, um, the main guy for mountain, as far as most people are concerned is Leslie West, who is the guitarist and lead vocalist. And then they had uh, Felix Papillardi on bass and additional vocals. Uh, and, uh, interesting thing about Felix is that he produced, um, I don't, I can't remember which cream record exactly produced and he could have produced multiple ones, but he was, he worked in the studio with Eric Clapton and Jack Bruce and Ginger Breaker, uh, on, I think it was Disraeli gears, which is the one that has like sunshine of your love and, um, outside woman blues. So he was like in the studio working with them and, uh, happens to be a great bass player and vocalist as well. Uh, Corky Lang on drums and Steve Knight on keyboards. And uh, I want to talk about their debut album, Climbing, which is stylized as Climbing, with an exclamation point at the end. It came out uh, in 1970. And uh, their their best-known song, obviously, is uh, Mississippi Queen. A lot of people cover that. It's you know pretty well-known in the classic rock thing. But I want to talk about another song in that that I sort of 
I guess rediscovered because I had listened to Mountain many times, but uh, but I was like, man, this kind of kicks Mississippi Queen's ass. Like this is like way better, and maybe it's just because I've heard Mississippi Queen a million times. But are you throwing I, shade I, about I, Mississippi Queen, dog? Mississippi Queen is a great song. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes songs wear their welcome out. And uh, do you, today, do you hate cowbells? What's wrong with you? I, you know, sometimes, sometimes I, I got a fever, and the only prescription <laughs> is more cowbell. I think you need to realize that about me, Andrew. Sometimes it happens. You're uh, Bruce Dickinson. What? Nothing. Oh, well, you. I'm. I'm going to tell you. By the time we're done here, y'all be wearing gold-plated diapers. And uh, we are going to listen to a song called Never In My Life. And uh, here it is. Go ahead, Steve.
Yeah, that was awesome. Some rock. Is it bad to say that that sounded a lot like Mississippi Queen too? <laughs> yep. It did. It's it's so bad. Had a lot of the same elements. Yeah. Um, so Bruce in our chat is saying that the worst thing that they ever did was decide to not be in the Woodstock movie. And I never knew that Mountain played Woodstock. Yeah, they played Woodstock, yeah. yeah. And they weren't in the movie. Uh, which, and they said, yeah. he, he says their manager told them not to do the movie. Yeah. So they weren't included in the movie or yep. the soundtrack to Woodstock. So dumb. And <laughs> they are, you know, lost to history because of that. Right. Wow. Yeah, he said it, he just said it again. Leslie West, one of the guitar legends that most people don't know, is very true. Uh, like just just barely kind of flew under the radar of like, I mean, just as good as anybody else that was around back then, in my opinion, and just kind of flew under the radar as far as all that's concerned. And uh, it's just crazy. Like yeah. another another interesting uh, anecdote of of music history that just sort of flew under the radar of like sort of mainstream, so to speak, recognition, basically. Yeah. He was a wild guy. It must, it's so much of it's about relationships, you know, music too. That right. Knows how that obviously him and his manager had that relationship where he said, don't worry about Woodstock. He trusted him on it. Yeah. This is just another music festival, yeah. <laughs> but he's probably a Yorker. He's a, He's a New York guy. I met him one time with my friend Jim Stidham. He played the Coach House years like years ago, but he was an older guy. I, he's still alive, right? Or no? I can't Who? remember. Leslie West still alive. Oh yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, he's alive. He's yeah. he's from New York. He's got to be like seventy five now. Yeah, he's he's definitely. <clears throat> I think he's going to be in our podcast in a couple of weeks. That'd be so cool. <laughs> I would love to have a podcast with Leslie West, or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know how he is as a person, but I definitely a great guitar player. I know that much. He was really great. He played the Coach House, and he had like, you know, like that sound. He had the Coach House, and he, he right. had like four, you know, four twelve Marshalls to get the sound. <laughs> he just brought everything, you know. Oh God! And I was like, oh yeah, it's my house. Absurdly oh, wow. loud at the coach house. Oh man, sound, that sounds yeah. awesome. And, uh, oh, Bruce said he's in a wheelchair. I was Leslie West, really. Oh, you can still yeah, play he's guitar. From New York. He's got a real thick New York accent. Right. I remember Wasn't that. Mountain like America's answer to Led Zeppelin? Wasn't it supposed to be like our Led Zeppelin and the whole uh, British blues thing? So it's interesting you bring that up because because there were actually like there were like probably fifty bands that were supposed to be that. Interesting. Mount, yeah, there's like you could like go down the list. There's like literally there are so many bands from America that have just like insanely good like drummer guitar player everything that were doing the Led Zeppelin thing really high singing like you know talking about banging chicks vocalist and like just like burning guitar player and there there were so many bands because that was like the end thing like 70 to like 72 it was all about the like hard rock four-piece thing and uh and yeah Mountain was probably theorized as one of those at one point but I think uh, I think there were again there were 
tons of bands that came out of America that were like, oh yeah, we're going to be America's Led Zeppelin. And it was just like, sort of kind of uh, ubiquitous a little bit of like just all these bands doing the thing because it was like the fad at that point. Yeah, yeah. Musically. I feel like every time they said in the 90s that a band was going to be the, another Beatles, it was just the right. kiss of death. Like, just yeah. like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like you never yeah. heard about them again yeah. and they broke up. Like, right. I think they said that about Oasis. Like, right. Oasis is going to be the next Beatles and they right. broke up the next year. I yeah. think they said that about the Arctic Monkeys and then the Arctic Monkeys next record like bombed right after right. that and like didn't right. do as well. So, the curse. It is. Yeah, it's it, a curse it is of a comparing today. yourself to right. uh, bands that are much better than you. Or or not comparing yourself and having people get so excited they compare you and then you get sort of bear the brunt of like this yeah. random comparison that has nothing to do with your own responsibility. And it's just yeah. kind of insane. It happened with Hendrix too. There were a bunch of guitar players that came out like the early to mid 70s that sounded like Hendrix and people were like, Oh, it's the new Jimi Hendrix. And then just kind of always sat in that like second or third tier level of popularity, basically. Yeah. That's why it's always tough. You have to be your own thing. Cause right. once like someone starts comparing <laughs> you to something too much, then it becomes like, Oh, well they're just like this band or, yeah. you know, and then like you can never really be as good as that other right. thing. Right. Uh, Fish had that happen to him with the Grateful Dead. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Fans started getting really, you know, into it. And then there was like this, oh, you know, kind of this comparison to the Grateful Dead. And Fish was like, you know, kind of bummed about the whole thing. Was, like, that's that's absolutely not what we're doing. But they had that same kind of cult following, you know. Yeah, it just had the same shape. And now they've like fulfilled their destiny where, you know, they might as well be the new Grateful Dead. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it's... They're one of the most, they're like the highest touring grossing band, you know, in the last few years. They're in the top 10 and like, there's still a lot of people don't even know who Fish is, you know, or he could. It's crazy. I feel like Leslie West and Mountain were like that too. Those guys used to just do epic albums and there might be a hit or two off it, but it was pretty much like a lifestyle, you know, like if you were a Mountain fan, you just crank that shit up on your old speakers, you know, on those 1970, like, Altec Lansing speakers. <laughs> I've studied audiophile stuff, you know, for a long time, and, you know, all those guys were just famous for just having great-sounding records, you know. So, Ted, how did you get started in uh, audio production or, like, live music or, or any of these sorts of things? How do you... Did you grow up in Orange County? Uh, no, I grew up in uh, central New York, which is up near uh, Lake Ontario. It's uh, wow. about five hours north of New York City. I grew up up there. I had a. Um, I worked in an auto parts store when I was in high school, and my my boss was like into great sound systems and great cars. So he always had like a, like a Porsche. He worked real hard to earn it. You know, he wasn't like a super rich guy, but he was just that's like his. He had a great bike. You know, like. A, 10-speed bike and stuff. He was just really into, like, athletic stuff. But he had a stereo system to die for, and I just got into it, like, when I was, like, 15, of equalizers and cassette decks and vinyl. And, you know, he used to have, like, a $10,000 turntable. And I really looked up to this. Wow. All through high school, I just kind of, like, he'd give me, like, little hand-me-downs of stuff. And so I started really getting into, like, the recording. I had reel-to-reel, you know, years after they were popular, just just because they sounded so good. Mm. 
that's that's really where I first got my start doing it. But I also started learning guitar, and it kind of seemed like a natural fit when I started playing guitar in bands. I just wanted it to sound so good, you know, that really and to making it sound great. Best gear you could have. It was hard over the years because, you know, <laughs> I built up quite an inventory now, but back then, you know, I just laughed with some of the big box speakers we had and stuff we thought sounded good was, you know, just garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a learning experience, you know. Right. Some when did you get a $10,000 turntable? It has like little weights <laughs> hanging from it, and, like all the, you know, just the exact right, you know. But that's what I grew up on that stuff, and I just loved it. I love checking it out. And I learned how to build tube amplifiers when I was a kid. When I was that's about seventeen, insane. I could build little amps and stuff. Uh, when did you end up moving to Orange County? Uh, I moved here in nineteen ninety. I actually uh, ended up having a job. Because of that auto parts store, I got a job with Ford Motor Company, and uh, so that they moved me out here in 1990, and it was it was a great job. I loved. It. I was like in in the parts and service and helping. <clears throat> it's really cool. But I got to California. I was like, I'm never going back to Detroit. <laughs> All those roads on companies like that lead back to the Midwest. I, I got infatuated with the sunshine of Orange County. No, you, know, you know what's ironic about that is uh, at, uh, at the production company I worked for, I worked with a guy from upstate New York, and he told me, he's like, you know, I never thought I would have lived in California, and then I moved out here, and I realized how beautiful the weather is and everything. He's like, and I never moved back. I was like, huh. It must be intoxicating to move somewhere that's like, you know, it gets like, I, like I've been, I'm from California born and raised i've never had to deal with like real seasons before yeah. and i'm sure like living with that and then coming out here and being like oh every day 70 like yeah okay yeah. this is cool i've, I've well, only shoveled driveways up, like, on vacation you know like not. i remember growing up on new new year's day and seeing the rose bowl parade from pasadena andrew and i was like where is that? It's, it's yeah, like, why is it that snowing? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I really, as a kid, I was just like, I, I, not that I was trying to move here, but I was just always wondering, like, you know, I'm inside with five feet of snow and there's like a parade going on. Where is it? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> with flowers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, uh, so, it's funny. That's awesome. So, uh, when does, uh, so you move here and you were still working for Ford. Yeah. So, I started a Grateful Dead band when I moved here because <laughs> I'd always played, you know, Grateful Dead music and was a big Deadhead fan, right? And actually going to like Dead shows and listening to the Meyer sound system, which is their big line array, the Grateful Dead were always out in front on technology because they were like a, a, a year-round touring band. So, right. And they were just crazy enough to like experiment with condenser mics and that wall of sound in the 70s, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was like, what, 22 tractor trailers. The Grateful Dead hauled around for like three years straight. 22 tractor trailers to play gigs all around the U.S. And they had two systems. One would leapfrog, so like it would take them two days to set it up with scaffolding. So they would send the truck, set up like the city after this show, and then huh. that, the next one, you know, it eventually broke the band. But those stories were legendary when I was in, 
you know, my 20s and just always kind of gravitated towards, you know, the sound. And, and uh, it was pretty cool. I got to meet a lot of those guys that built those sound systems over the years for the Grateful Dead and went on to do Carlos Santana and Robert John, or Robert John. Robert John the Red? Those guys. Robert Cray. Robert oh, Cray. yeah. Robert Cray's great. Yeah. Those guys do. They those guys are on the road with Dave Matthews, the the ultrasound guys that actually built that whole PA later on. That's where John Meyer from Meyer Sound. He was a psychedelic hippie deadhead guy that was a scientist, engineer. And he's like, I'll build a speaker. And you know, hmm. the, the rest of the story's history. He's been. He's probably in every major amphitheater in the U.S. and Europe for that matter. Meyer Sound. Crazy. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, DJ's been a great life for me. There's no question about it. It's been really fun to have a production company and, and uh, you know, just provide that kind of reinforcement for bands. Yeah, yeah. When when did DJE, when did you start DJE? Uh, 2008, I'd say, was about oh. the time I really got serious about it. And, nice. Uh, yeah, so it's been about 12 years. I met Nick, you know, my business partner, and Steve, my mm -hmm. close friend, in around that time. And uh, Nick was working for another company, and I was kind of freelancing so I could make, I could, I had like summer gigs. I was definitely known as a band audio engineer. Like I could mix bands, and a lot of my friends were doing corporate work, talking heads, just a couple of microphones. And I was always into like all the DIs. And, what makes the bass sound great? What makes a kick drum? Mm -hmm, what, yeah. You know, toms, overheads. Like, And I remember meeting some of my colleagues that were in audio, and they were just kind of blown away. They didn't really understand all that stuff, you know. And I, I kind of knew I had a leg up on that. So I kind of created a company around mixing bands and mm -hmm. trying to do festivals and stuff. And it's awesome. Tough, you know, the, the sound systems now, I, I, would, I only dreamt of having them in you know, it's crazy that today I own a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Send them out and stuff. It's crazy how it works. It's such a gradual thing, you know. It's like when you, you know, you have a collection and you start off as a kid or as, and all of a sudden you've got 200 or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Where'd you get all those uh, Star Wars action figures? <laughs> well, it's, and Ted, it's been amazing because, uh, so Ted and, and Nick hired me uh, back in for the first time in 2010, I think to do the OC Music Fest or uh, yeah. uh, Bikers Against Cancer Relay or, or uh, the concert festival and uh, a few of those other ones over at Irvine Lake. And just to see like how much you guys have grown as a company, you know, in the last 12, 10 years, 12 years, you know, it's just absolutely amazing, man. Like, yeah, well, you, you were definitely one of our first unofficial employees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick and I were just starting to get, you know, just too much stuff for two guys. And Steve, yeah, yeah. Steve, Steve came around. He came at right, just the right time. I feel like we helped each other out. Oh, absolutely, man. And it was it was awesome, too, because uh, that, that was right. That was the same summer that I started playing with Robert before we even started the band. And so and then after we. Uh, after we got the band up and going and we started touring over the summer, like you guys were just amazing at, you know, I'd, I'd hit you up a couple of weeks before the tour was done 
just be like, hey, I'm coming back into town in a couple of weeks. And you're like, oh, yeah, are you available this weekend, that weekend? I got this for you. I got that for you. And it was always so yeah. nice to just jump right back in with, you know, doing these amazing events and just building box trusses and, like, you know, big festival stages and stuff with you guys and, you know, truss monkeying and just, you know, climbing around all over the place and stuff. And you were great, man. It was so Steve's fun, got, man. You had such a great work ethic that it was always fun to – do it with you you guys yeah too, I mean, man. we were it's used insane. to production too it was really easy for us to like just understand that steve wasn't going to be available for the next month yeah yeah <laughs> it, it, nobody tripped on that right <clears throat> like what other industries are like that like mm-hmm. yeah I'll, I'll see you guys in a couple months like, and then actually come back and have work yeah have stuff to do oh it's incredible man it was like one one of the only ways that i got into like a new apartment or you know like able to pay my bills cool. once once we got off tour and stuff it was incredible so thank well, you i'm a huge fan of you guys man i've watched you guys come a long way too what uh i mean that experience the other night was just fantastic man i mean you guys just got right to it in the uh in our little sound stage our big sound stage we mm-hmm. yeah it's awesome socially distant right we were pretty good weren't we oh, yeah. yeah we yeah. backed out the whole six feet thing and didn't want to have everybody on top of each other I can't wait for people to see it. I think they're going to be blown away. I oh, think it, yeah. looks, it sounds great. I know they will be. It's so cool. We've kept it under wraps, man. No one's really seen it. Yeah. Sure, I've shared a few photos, and I'm like, i like, i got to stop doing that even. You know? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you got to keep it a secret. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said, Warren, you showed like a clip or something of like the stage, too. Oh. Got a clip of the picture, and I was like, cool, cool. You know, it's good to Come have on, like, little leaks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's nuts though, man. It, it, look, it, it looks like Austin City Limits, man. Like it's yeah, it looks so, so cool, good, man. Yeah, but even yeah, even the photos like don't do it like just like when I saw it, I was like, whoa! Like when yeah. you see it, it's like, damn, this is legit. This is like yeah. When uh, when when Henry and Andrew were doing the King Train, the Earth Mother set on Thursday, um, it was it was I was watching from the uh, from Nick's uh, video switcher in the uh, control room and then walked out and was just watching them side stage for a little bit. And it just, it felt like being at a music festival again. Like there's, there could have easily been like, you know, 5,000 people just standing, you know, in front of the stage, you know, off on the other aisle and stuff. And Mm -hmm. it was like the closest thing. I'm really happy how it turned out. I'm surprised that it comes so authentic like that. You know, I mean, I'm not because, you know, we're used to deal, you know, we're used to having you guys and, and having like that, rapport and just wanting you guys to be comfortable and i think the space just says that you know it's just yeah be hanging. and it was a super easy load-in too man yeah <laughs> you, you know i had something to do with that. oh yeah as a band guy <laughs> I'm like, okay over here you know clear out all this area yep. yeah here's yeah. here's the parking lot here's the door boom there's the stage roll this one down pull the pull the uh the star cloth back into place and yeah i think if you're not in a band it can be really hard to understand that you know load-ins can be just kind of a really precarious thing right oh man i feel like like we've had the worst load-ins ever in our lives before yeah Yeah. we've we've had some bad ones but ted there was one that I, i don't even think i've told the guys about this but the uh do you remember when we did that uh caesar's palace gig Yes, in, in Vegas, and that load in like for the NFL, the, right? Yeah, like a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like all the way through the forum shops and everything. And oh man, that felt like it was like a mile and a half of oh, walking, yeah. dude. Oh, it was nuts. I've I've pushed through my share of like industrial <laughs> kitchens and hotel. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Labyrinths. It's only nice on the outside. Yeah. Exactly. I think that that might be a fun thing to talk about. What's what was the most crazy load ins oh. that we've had? Mm. I'll 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 start. That uh we played on the on the Queen Mary oh. a number of years ago. Oh, that was the worst. And uh oh my god. Like from the parking lot, you had to take the service elevator, which was shared by all the cooks and and uh the food service people <laughs> from the from the kitchen. And uh and the elevators were tiny. Like just Well, there's actually, only one. Yeah. Right. Oh, you didn't go to the freight elevator, you went to the one at the front door, like where they like valet. No, I think I think we were doing the we were doing the service elevator. Okay. Yeah, the one that's outside. No, no, no. No, I think we were doing the inside the, elevator. The right? inside elevator because we I think we took oh, one yeah. didn't we take one elevator to the ship from the outside and then we went we had to go th- snake through right. the ship a little bit and then it was like right off the kitchen and it was tiny and we had to like unpack stuff off of carts and stuff and get it into the elevator and then bring it out. And then it was back through these, you know, and the ship's built in like, what, like the 20s or 30s or something? Yeah. And uh, so everything's just tiny, man. Tiny. And we, and we finally get in there, and it's just like it took probably 45 minutes longer than it ever should have, you know. Yeah, I know. That's a, that's a really bad load. And we've done some pretty big shows in the ballroom there. Yeah. They have an outside freight elevator. And uh, you can get a the, – the, the only thing you can get in there is a scissor lift. And you have to do like a sixty-point turn to get the scissors. <laughs> you know, like, you just you keep doing this until it gets in there. Yeah, yeah. And it seem like it's gonna lift. It. Just full-on Austin just, powers it. Yeah, and there's like bridges to get to the ship. That's a crazy load. Yeah. I remember Jonathan Weather uh, Weber, mm-hmm. a friend of mine that Steve knows, another production guy. Yeah, we did some shows in San Francisco, and uh, we had like a twenty-six foot truck in San Francisco, and that's a crazy load. Yeah, you know, just to park it out front. But everyone's mad at you because you got this truck. Jesus. <laughs> and then uh, we did this load in, and we we went in the front door, and of course nobody ever you know called to check and asked for any photos or anything. And there must have been like ten stairs, like steep stairs, <laughs> and we had like a full PA system, like cracks. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, things that weighed you know twice as much as me, and we just had to literally lug them up the stairs. And the volunteer guy goes, or the the promoter goes, oh, I'll help you. You know, he had all these guys help us on the loading. And the show ended at like 4 a.m. Oh, no. Wasn't one of those guys around. Nobody was around at 4 a.m. It was just <laughs> two of us having to clunk, clunk, clunk down these stairs. Oh, like, no. I mean, Jesus. It's crazy. Yeah. That was a uh, Iranian pop band. I know all about those. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm, say I've played for one before. Did you really? Uh, yeah, I played oh, for a guy named Bijan Mordazavi. That's him. No, just kidding. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. No, I played a show at the Paris in Las Vegas with him to like 4,000 people, and that was my first gig with him. It was crazy. It's and I didn't understand anything they were saying in the entire set. And it makes me feel bad about myself because I'm a quarter Persian, but I know nothing about being Persian. <laughs> 
you have to dress really nice at those gigs, man. People are dressed. Yeah. Nice. Oh man. It's like a wedding. It's like dressed to the nines. People in suits. They love Vegas too. Um, I we had one more loadout that was like probably the worst loadout in the world. That's probably mine and Robert's answer. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, it was another boat. Apparently, boats are always the worst loadouts. <laughs> loadouts. Yeah. There's this boat called the Spirit of Portland in Portland, Oregon. And we had to park it uh, in a parking lot. And the parking lot was to get to the entrance of the boat was down two flights of stairs to get to the door of the boat. So already from the parking lot to the boat door was two flights of stairs down. Then we were playing on the third floor up of the boat. So we got to the door and then had to go from the entrance of the boat and loaded up three more flights of narrow stairs to get to the top of the boat. So to get one piece of gear from A to B, it was five flights of stairs, two down and three up. Damn. Well, and, then, and then we get everything set up and they're like, oh, yeah, there's like the boats going out for like a whole a whole run before your guys' performance time. Yeah, so it just sits like, there. Like, so your gear just went out on a cruise. <laughs> yeah, and we just yeah, went to the is. bar and got got drunk. Well, I got drunk, but yeah, I'm I'm oh, pretty man. sure we all did a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that was that crazy, was man. that was that was awful. That yeah. was just the whole experience of the that whole boat was just not fun. Yeah, yeah the boat thing's not really what it's cracked up to be. You know, yeah. uh, nope. <laughs> They have that USS Iowa, that warship. Yeah, that's in, that's out here somewhere. I can't remember the city it's in. Um, a, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I'm so I'm so sorry, Ted. No, Ted, we did a gig on there and they had a crane, and you had to bring on. Even the band had to bring their stuff on with a crane. Wow. <laughs> you put it in the container and they bring it up to the top of the ship and they got yeah. it on and they got to open the container. So. Well, at least that's more convenient, man. Like. You don't have to, you're letting the, the heavy machinery do all the work, you know, and then yeah. you can just kind of push it once it's on the ship. I was talking to uh, the, the guys on the uh, Bonamassa cruises about how they get all of all of their gear on and off. And they said that yeah. uh, sometimes they use the, the elevators and stuff, but if they have the option of having a crane to crane it onto the pool deck and then they can move it around from there. It seems like such an awesome resource to do wow because you know, a lot because just all those i feel like every ship like all the hallways are super narrow even on the the you know modern ones they're not like normal hallway size like you would have in like a hotel or something you know so crazy i i have to say uh, uh this conversation brings to mind uh the first time i played with you guys in madrid uh <laughs> back in November of 2018. Yeah, yeah. And uh and I think we reparked like two or three times with the, the tour van before we actually got to the spot that we were supposed to load in from and then from there it was like walking across an entire crowded like city square and through like a shopping mall and like through and it's all like cobblestone roads. And I just remember pushing, like, carrying the road cases out of the van, pushing them across this, like, city square, and then getting to the venue, 
And then we get to the venue and they're like, oh yeah, the elevator doesn't work. So you have to carry it <laughs> down the stairs. And it was like another like two or three flights of stairs down. Then we get to the venue, finish soundcheck, and they're like, oh yeah, um, 15 minutes after you guys are done, uh, we're going to have a <laughs> DJ. And you have to get all of your gear out of the venue. Like you can't put it anywhere. You have to take it out of the venue and back to the tour van and you just have to fuck off. Like yeah, yeah. 15 minutes after that. And it's like, we have to do merch and like talk to our fans and shit after we're done playing. Like what the fuck? And so I remember like, and it rained. Yeah. And it was yeah. raining. Right. <laughs> and we didn't use the same staircase to load in because the DJ was using that staircase to load in and people were using that staircase yeah. to get out of the venue. So, so we had to use the other staircase other in the back yeah. of the venue, which was even worse than the staircase we used to load in. At least, I think at I least video we have that uh, loadout, or Steve right. does, and I was just yelling at Steve the whole time to stop <laughs> filming and help us load out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, I was trying to document the, the craziness, but it didn't. Yeah. You guys want well, to do it? And, and I have one more story about a terrible loadout, <laughs> which is only affects uh, Andrew and Steve in this aspect. But um, we played at a venue in Chicago called the Elbow Room. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it's great. And it, it started raining, which is normal, you know, for any city in America. It yeah. rains sometimes, but apparently this was like a flash flood <laughs> and the venue wasn't prepared for it. So the venue started flooding. Yeah. So the venue. It was a basement staff, venue. Yeah. It was, it was in the basement and the venue staff were, were going crazy to get all the speakers and all the monitors and, and everything electrical onto a surface that wasn't on the ground because, because now on the, the ground of the literally of the venue, there's, there's becoming like two inches of water. There was water cascading um, down the stairs from the upstairs bar area. Yeah. In, into the venue, into the venue. So things are going nuts. Like we're putting, we're putting guitars, we're putting amps, we're putting everything on tables. Yeah. Everything's nuts. Um, and we're just trying to get the fuck out of there. And, um, it's it's all a little hazy for me, but I remember, I remember going back. We had to get everything up the stairs, and there's water rushing down the stairs, and we're we're lugging gear up the stairs, mm -hmm. and we're putting it into these little corridors on the street. You know, yeah. like uh, little, all the little alcoves, stores have hangers, yeah. and so we're putting it all in this one little location. Well, there's 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 water running down into the street. Um, meanwhile, during loadout. Steve thought his backpack got stolen, so he's running down the street in the middle of a rainstorm, chasing after a backpack that people with backpacks. I don't even, yeah, I don't even know what happened with that. Um, but we got, and then it was I lost just, just crazy. So all of our gear was underneath one of the store sheds. Yeah, um, and I remember when we tried to even load in the van, I was standing in like in shin deep water. It had to have been like you know, nine or 10 inches of water. Yeah. And all the guys were just handing me the gear to put in the van like this. And we were just hoping for the best. And, uh, that was probably the worst loadout in the world. I mean, I, I, I was just, I was standing in nine inch deep water loading a van yeah. from the side where I mean, it was a crazy storm. It was something that we, I mean, that's not even, I, I can think of another one too in, in Nebraska. Um, but like that one was just crazy. Um, that was nuts. and we had another one in Nebraska where it started hailing when we were trying to load the van 
and we had to like back up the van into like this one little corridor of like the only area that wasn't you know being affected by the hail was that the place with the volleyball courts in the back yeah yeah that was in my yeah, yeah Oh, man. I don't even compartmentalize that Chicago gig in the same uh, thought as bad loadout. It's just its own mess of yeah, stuff, that, but I guess yeah, it I is mean, a loadout. Yeah. I remember true. being down there and thinking it was all hilarious, and then someone going like, no, no, this is really serious. We can all get electrocuted right now. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe we should uh, get all the sound gear on the top. It was wild. Yeah. Um, and then I remember at some point we just couldn't even find Steve because Steve was hailing taxis for people. And so yeah. we just ended up leaving him there with his friend. I think he told us to, but like yeah, yeah. after some point it was just like, get out of here. Like we got to go. No, it, it got so ridiculous. I ended up finishing a bottle of Jack Daniels and just getting no, drunk. No, no, we were still there for that because you threw that yeah. bottle of Jack all the way down the street to see how far you could do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our proudest moments here on the podcast. <laughs> At least was, at this point, we could go like, "Oh, we were just dumb kids," you know. Like we, we never were, do we something were, like we that. We were. Now. That was what, like, seven years ago. Well, I yeah, lost. Yeah. I lost my phone that night too, and then we got man. A you got a shitty night like too. later. Yeah, that was just crazy. But I just, I just, went, I was like, "The world's ending. Fuck it, let's drink more." <laughs> that was a wild night. It was fun. I was doing so good, Ted. Let me tell you, I was doing so good that night. You're doing so good, Steve. <laughs> Have you ever had your car not started after a gig? I, that happened to me one time. Oh, uh, no. That sounds terrible. Uh, yeah, it was all loaded up with a dump truck with a bunch of gear in it. It didn't start. <laughs> no. Story gets worse. I was, like, on PCH in, like, Santa Monica. Oh, shit. Oh. Like, middle of the night. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, I ended up walking PCH for, like, a couple miles. <laughs> at a call. I had a dead phone. Yep, that sucks. It sounds like the worst. I know the feeling like when you get the truck loaded, I think we've all worked for sound companies or something like it at some point, because it's always like three or four in the morning. The gig ends at two, and then the truck's loaded by like three or four. So to get in the truck after that and then go, I'm almost out of the woods. Because, you know, depending on the gig, sometimes you don't unload when you get back. Right. And if it's that late, usually you unload the next day or something, right? So, like, that's the last thing you have to do, right? Right. Just get so, it. to get to the car and to have it not start, you'd just be like, yeah. come on, come on. It's like 4 a.m. Just give me something. That was, that, that was one of my favorite things with uh, with DJE, man. Um, sometimes we'd, we'd be doing those uh, Santa Monica, uh, like the Santa Monica Place Mall, like the Nike store, yeah. in like. Yeah intensives the and uh and just getting the call from from either you or nick or like hey like uh what are you doing tonight and i'm like well i got done with the show like at the viper room or the roxy or something at like you know midnight should be out of there by one and you guys are like hey like could you just be the cavalry and come in and help us with the loadout and i'm like fuck yeah dude like on my way back to long beach it'd be so fun man and you just show up and it's like oh yeah let's just push cases and some fresh energy and I hated working at that place because you had to load in it like after it closed. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were really particular with with everything, man. But, yeah, that's true. But that was that was some of uh, some of my favorite favorite memories with uh, with DJU just getting the to the call to come in like in the middle of the night and help you guys with the loadout and 
Yeah. Which maybe a lot of people don't know this, but like Steve's hair was bigger than Henry's. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, like. Oh, I got pictures to prove it. Yeah, I mean, I have a great picture of my son who's like 20 now. Him and uh, Steve, he was learning parkour. Yeah. And uh, Steve just decided to go to town one night in the back of a truck at the shop, like to show him, like kid around with about parkour. He's bouncing off the road cases and yeah. jumping around. His hair's as big. I mean, my son, Thomas my, still remembers my that. completely uncoordinated, <laughs> parkour clumsy man. ass. Yeah, hardcore parkour. Every kid goes through <laughs> that period where you just want to leap tall buildings. You know. Oh, it's so fun. Well, listen, what? I'm gonna go. I have one more band tonight. We have Grandpa's Grass. Nice, nice. Here tonight, doing a little recording. Hell oh. yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the thank podcast you, today. Yeah. Thank you, Ted. Thank, thank Love you, hearing the stories. And, get to hang out and chill with you guys. And everybody, uh, this weekend, this weekend, Friday through Monday, um, I'm going to toss this up here, and it'll also be on the comments and the uh, um, in the description on the podcast app. Um, so over COVID, live stream Music Fest, May 22nd through 25th. Uh, there's tickets on Eventbrite that are available. It's a free concert, um, but get your uh, uh, free tickets on Eventbrite. And uh, there's posters. There's a bunch of rad bands, local OC, just legacy bands coming through and doing this, including Robert John the Rack. We've got a, uh, a brand new set that we recorded on Thursday night that's going to be broadcast on Sunday night. And uh, so go check out the uh, at about www. Yeah. So the, 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 the stream is uh, every night from six to nine, three hours nice. a night. Awesome. Nice. The weekend. So it's uh, featured, you know, as you guys featured with a new set. Mm-hmm. And uh, Grandpa's Grass is doing a new set. We have the Higgs. Cubensis is playing their show from, we're playing their show from last year at the fest so we're doing a combination of shows you know from last year's performance we did a couple camera shoot last year and got a chance to look at the footage and thought this is great we should build a virtual fest so the combination is going to be great you know we're looking forward to it and that poster darren brenner is a really is a very i guess infamous hippie jam band poster maker she's been doing posters for a long time and and uh, we're selling her limited edition poster that she created. Nice. So over COVID music fest. And it's, it came out great. It's a, a picture of last year's stage with, you know, um, kind of someone sitting at their couch at the top of the hill. So it kind of incorporates, you know, the actual layout. It's going to be great. Limited mm-hmm. edition. It's like 20 bucks on the um, OC Dash Music Fest to buy the poster. It's uh it's really worth having. It's really she she outdid herself. I wasn't sure about doing a poster. It seemed kind of like a weird thing for a virtual fest. And when she started showing me the concept, and I saw the poster, I was like, "It makes so much sense." Yeah, it looks really dope, man. And it's it's cool. And and you said that you have the uh, like two versions of the poster too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So one of the, one of the posters has a beer and a and a. Uh, bong on it and like on the table and guys hanging out and I said well maybe we should do like a G-rated one as well so we we, we made a Warp Rat version of it <laughs> nice nice 
So go uh, check that out. It's uh, oc-musicfest.com. No. And uh, there's uh, links to the Eventbrite for tickets on that. And uh, I'll, I know I'll be hosting a watch party on Saturday night and Sunday uh, oh, yeah, on I'm my stoked. personal page. And uh, invite yeah. you guys to do the same. Go check it out. It's going to be a, a great four-night uh, just run of of uh, some of the best Orange County jam band music that's out there. I just think it's, I think and, it's a uh, great way to, if we're going to have to yeah. stay home on Memorial Day weekend to do something fun and and uh, having new sets and mm -hmm. music every day you can count on for a few hours, you know. I, I sure hope everybody gets a chance to, uh, after talking about all that audiophile stuff, we spent a lot of time mixing this and the, the sound quality is fantastic. So hopefully everybody that listens to it has a chance to plug it into their sound system because um, it's going to be that, yeah. that good. It's going to be, you know, it's been mastered and yeah, we've we've been listening to it on the uh, soundbar here at, at my place, and uh, Henry's set, the SM3 set, and the Robert John and the Rex set. We've we've watched through all of it, and and dude, it just sounds so great, man. Shout mm -hmm. out to Darren McLean, that's been uh, on the ones and twos, uh, mixing everything and uh, doing that all live and taking care of the audio for. Uh, well, we just we want we want to have you know bands like yourself be portrayed the way. It is live, so we're mm -hmm. trying to get as close as we can during these this quarantine time. You know, it's I think it's important to have it sound really good and and have some production value, which we can see is happening. You know, the longer we have this kind of shutdown, the the more we're gonna have to get creative and think about how to do this know, short term, so we can still rock. I know when I heard your set the other night, I was just surprised at how punchy it was right out of the gate. You guys really. You can tell you guys are ready to do some playing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Damn. So join us this weekend. Love you. Oh, yeah. Guys. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Ted. Love you, Thanks. Ted. Thank you so much. Talk to you guys. Thank you, Ted. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Do we have a uh, word? Do you got a pick for this week? Um, I guess I... Do you have a limoncello LaCroix? I saw that in here, guys. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, cool, cool. Hold on, hold on. My fridge is right here. Lauren's <laughs> just been blasting his fancy LaCroix all over Instagram, thinking he's better than all of us. Lemon I just say that because I love LaCroix, and I had, like, one more left in my house, and I drank it on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, so LaCroix apparently has a couple new flavors that are really good. This, Sorry, it's left. It's backwards for me. This one is lemon cello. Uh, <laughs> it's really good. It's probably my second favorite hibiscus. I still think is a little bit better. <laughs> but, um, no, this is super super good. It literally tastes like you're eating a lemon pie or like a lemon cake. How, how or many of those there's do you something have? about it that like really tastes like a pie or a cake. I can't describe. I don't understand what it is. You know, limoncello is not a pie or a cake. I, I know. It's a drink. <laughs> Erica's mom actually really likes them. We okay, have them all the sure. No, no. But it like, yeah, it just, it's, it's really good. So, uh, yeah, go get some LaCroix, limoncello. So where did you guys or, get this limoncello, LaCroix? Uh, we got them. I believe they're at Sprouts right now. Uh, I think Erica got these ones without me, but... Um, we got the hibiscus ones at Sprouts, so I would assume that these are at Sprouts as well. If you have more, you should bring them tomorrow for rehearsal. Uh, I do. I have a couple. I'll bring a couple. Yeah, dog. We can do a taste test. Oh, I love it. <laughs>
They're really good. That would be great. Erica just said Target. 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 Because it's LaCroix. Thanks, babe. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Yeah. So that's my pick. Fuck yeah. So coming up, we got, uh, again, for uh, all you listeners and viewers out there, Last Line on the Highway is out. It is available everywhere. And uh, we have everything up on our website which will be in the links and descriptions and you can find it uh pretty much wherever if you just type in our name uh it'll somehow point to where you can buy everything and uh oc i would mention that yes. uh, vinyl is still back ordered right now yes vinyl is back ordered due to coronavirus and got pushed back pretty far so very much so. uh we're keeping an eye on it uh, June's looking like the earliest though that we might get something in. So they keep pushing it back further and further every time we talk to them. So yeah. sorry, anyone who ordered vinyl who's listening to this, we'll get it to you as soon as possible. We're trying to add a bunch of freebies mm-hmm. in with it to make it worth everyone's while that ordered one. So, and we do have CDs in stock though, and uh, the digital downloads and stuff too. Uh, if you want to go for that option and uh. Oh, we might want to talk about this here for like two seconds because we haven't talked about it yet. I've been going through all our old demos and a bunch of old stuff that we haven't done in a long time to add to um, the digital download package that we're going to be releasing pretty soon. So I always like to tease whatever the new thing that we're like cooking up is. But there's a couple like songs off the South Dakota sessions that never got released that oh, I want to yeah, throw dude. in there just because they're fun. Because they, if we know there's, like, we're never going to release them, it's like, why not? You know? And those are good stories to tell people. That's there's the like, final take, bro. There's a couple good live versions of yeah. stuff from the most random places. Like, there's a lot of good live stuff off of Take Me Higher. Like, there's a Make Me Want to Yell from Mozambique. And like, there's a bunch of stuff from Mozambique that yeah. ended up pretty good. And uh, I didn't know we had just randomly, exactly. Uh, like I didn't know we had any of it either. I'm looking through all of it and listening to it. Going, got, like, what's good and I've what got sucks. Probably and, about a hundred <laughs> gigabytes of of like old multi tracks from shows, like going back to like Coach House to Mozambique to like Cook's Corner and all that shit. From like anytime that they've been available, I have them on. Yeah. So oh, there's also um, demos of all the Rhythm of the Road songs that sound really awesome. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I was gonna include that. Like, that's pretty cool. I thought that was cool. We can talk about it, but like, there's a bunch of. And then the more and more I think about it, the more and more I just want to include all these live streams from coronavirus that we're doing because, like, we're not gonna release these really. We're not gonna put out a CD with them. We have our live record coming out next year. And the whole idea is we don't want to, you know, put out too much live stuff before we have the live record. But I don't think we're going to release any of these records. So no, yeah, not like I think it'd be cool to, like, yeah. you know, add some extra things. Or, like, the five versions of Cold Night that we've done in the past, you know, couple weeks here. Because yeah, <laughs> they're all different. Cool. They're all super yeah. awesome. I, I've listened to all of them going, like, holy shit. Like, it always gets me in the middle, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to find some I'm cool stuff to put in for that cool. package, but... Mm-hmm. We're going to have digital downloads available pretty soon and have a cool offer with that. Hell yeah. Just try it. And then the OC Fest? This weekend, right? This yeah. weekend. Yes. Yes. 
And uh, we've got music going out on uh, Saturday. The fest runs from Friday to uh, through Monday. Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. Um, and we will have a brand new set that we uh, did over at DJE on Thursday that's going to be airing on Sunday night around 8 o'clock. And uh, we'll be, uh, I know I'll be probably hosting a watch party on Facebook and stuff too, just off my personal page. But um, check it out. And uh, it's going to be fun, man. There's a lot of really, really rad bands that are, that are being a part of this, including the Higgs. Including Groove Session, including Hamstring Orchestra, including Cubensis and uh, the Dup Brothers, and uh, who else? There's a there's a bunch of them. It's like probably twenty to twenty five different bands that are all being featured, which is amazing. So go check it out. And then I'd just like to make a quick uh, shameless self promotion yes, announcement. Do um, it. I am dropping uh, the first singles from my solo project, King Tree and the Earth Mothers, uh, this weekend. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, the album comes out on all streaming and, uh, you know, digital platforms in June. Um, if uh, if it comes to the point where, where there is demand for it, I will definitely uh, produce physical copies of the record. But for the time being, I'm just going to do digital right now just because yeah. i'm not really touring to support anything but uh but i'm really excited about it i'm really stoked on it and uh yeah it's coming out this weekend and uh i on, uh, have been Friday, working on right? this for a while and i'm just really excited to just put it out there because it's really close to my heart and uh and it sounds fucking awesome man <laughs> yeah dude, the same yeah, again. Right. i keep getting it stuck in my head the Dun, 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 like that whole little <laughs> sorry i'm probably well, not good. singing it very good at all but no, that's love, okay i love that yeah, i think i know what you're talking about i was trying to think of a sarcastic joke about how we don't want you to be in another band but obviously we don't care because steve's been in his own solo project <laughs> for like the length of being in robert john the wreck oh longer um but i just kept thinking of that waffle fries video where he goes I don't want you having no little brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, uh, King Free and the Earth Mothers is going to be featured on the, uh, on the OC Music uh, So Over COVID oh, we are. Uh, live stream. Okay, fest. cool. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know if we were or not. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say anything. Okay. I don't know when, right. you, when you are going to be. but okay. um, Well, at yeah, some point you, on this weekend, then you'll be able to see me and Andrew and... Yeah. Uh, one of my best friends of all time, my brother Adam Ditt, on the bass guitar, yeah. doing some crazy oh, yeah. and shameless, uh, shameless self promotion as well. Uh, there's going to be a couple tunes from uh, the Steve Majora Trio set on the uh, OC Music uh, So Over COVID Music Fest as well, um, which feature Henry on guitar and, uh, <laughs> and my roommate right. Ryan Smith on on drums, which was really <clears> fun. <throat> we we did that uh, about a week and a half ago, which was really fun. So. You More shameless self-promotion. Full sets. My hair looks really good right now in this. <laughs> it looks great, Andrew. Thank you. Yeah. It looks so nice. No, I need to say it looks great. It's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You, you don't get to say okay. that, Henry. I'm just, just kidding, guys. <laughs> well, then it sucks, dude. Right. I feel my hair. No. All right. Well, be good to each I other, spend everybody. spent so much time on it. And uh, we'll we'll see you uh, we'll see you next time we'll see you this weekend online uh, in the comments during the uh, so over COVID music fest and then 
again uh, next Monday uh, for the podcast. So tune in and uh, be good to each other and get wrecked.